Happy 4th of July, everyone. This is the Processing Podcast with Mary and Sophie, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. We're going to have some fun on this holiday edition of the Processing Podcast because it's the 4th of July weekend. I'm on vacation, and um, we're just going to talk some you know, lighthearted topics aside from one very important one that'll be discussed later in the show. Yes, I have my stripies on for <laughs> our nation's birthday, you know, um, Independence Day. And uh, I'm looking forward to this episode. I think it'll be really fun. I mean, you know, we always have fun on our episodes, of course, but I feel like this one feels very like we're on vacation. I mean, you're literally in a forest. It's like woman versus wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But not naked and afraid, woman versus wild. Yeah, I have. No, a, I don't think it's that type of podcast. And <laughs> I'm at my boyfriend's cabin for the weekend with his family. So this is Echo Lake behind me. We're in Mercer, Wisconsin, which is super northern Wisconsin. And uninteresting fact: um, there's a ton of unincorporated community communities in Wisconsin. Meaning, I don't know what it means, but I I think it means there's not a whole lot of like uh like there's not a city council. There's okay. There's not your traditional components of a city because it's not populated enough. They don't list a population because. I think it's it's primarily the towns where there's so many comers and goers for the seasons and um, lake life. But anyways, it's gorgeous here. I'm I'm out in the sun and um, I'm feeling a little toasty. But if you hear <laughs> if you hear a loud motor behind us, it's probably a boat. <laughs> well, I hear a bunch of birds. It feels very <laughs> like. You know, it could be a Zoom background when you first see you, but the birds just verify that you're actually in the wilderness. I love it. But the way you're describing it makes it sound like like a lawless Ozark land. It does feel lawless here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That just makes for an even more fun holiday, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly <laughs> right. Well, I mean, just to start right off the top of the show, I got the most terrifying text message from you, Sophie, exactly two days ago from today. Uh, Yeah. You know what? I have to I have to rewind it really quick. Our listeners are probably like, hey, uh, we haven't heard from you guys in about a month. (laughs) Are you going to talk about that? (laughs) Yeah, we we didn't drop an episode. What was supposed to be the birthday episode because Sophie and I schedule the week of her birthday did not line up at all. I worked that entire week. Sophie had a million birthday plans. And then after that, you know, I already had my schedule adjusted to record on that Wednesday of the month. So it it didn't line up. So here we are recording. Um, also not even on our original recording date, but, no. um, but yeah, you know I apologize. You make it everyone. Work. Yeah. You adapt, you improvise, <laughs> but you know, I had to, I had to to me, 25 felt very um, monumental. So I had to go out with a bang. I kept telling everybody it was like um, a farewell party to my youth, but um... that's a little dramatic. <laughs> but... I love it. I love being dramatic though. It's fine. All the 30 year olds um, are like, oh my God. Oh no, that literally, Darren has a couple of 30 year old friends and I got so much hate. They were like, please stop talking. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm glad that it sounds like it was a great time. I wish I could have been there, but your quarter life crisis looks good on you. 
It's going well. You know what? I was telling everyone, I think I had my quarter life crisis last year, actually, when we were in a 700 square foot apartment during COVID, just me and Darren together. So I think um, that was my quarter life crisis. And now I'm thriving, you know, so it's fine. We're all good. And your schedule was just insane. I think <laughs> you you texted me what your schedule was. What was it? Three days in a row? Like, what was it? 7am to 8pm or something like that every single day? Yeah. In Minnesota, I, I mean, every state has a similar format, but for the high school spring postseason before summer hits, um, that's when all the spring sports are competing in their postseason tournaments. And we just so happened in our area had uh, two baseball teams, three softball teams all make it to state. So it was chaos. And a lot of those tournaments happen because they happen at the the big fields in, in the state. They happen mm-hmm. really early and then you're anchoring at nighttime. So it was a lot section tournaments, state tournaments, but it was, it was a lot of fun, but let's bring it back all the way into um, the tragic message <laughs> that I got from you exactly two days ago that could have really, um, change the summer for how we how we know it well I'm laughing I'm laughing because um for those of you that haven't picked up on it yet Mary and I use the word tragic very loosely (laughs) um so I just want to reassure everyone like everyone's alive you know like (laughs) there's not like actual tragedies but Mary and I typically like to use the word tragic for things that are just like not planned, not at all what was envisioned. Um, First world problems, minor inconveniences. (laughs) But this one, I would say, is more on the more serious side. It is. It's not it's more than a minor inconvenience. It definitely was disruptive for sure. Um, So long story short, I wake up. I think it was Thursday morning. No. Yeah. Thursday morning. No, Friday morning. And, um, I wake up and I guess I had missed a text from my mom. And all of a sudden Darren is like, why is your mom so like vehemently trying to get a hold of you? And like, I, I was like, I don't know. So I checked my phone and she says, did you see that email from old ranch? And old ranch is the venue where we're having our engagement party. And I was like, oh no you know, that can't be good. So I read it, I read it. And the event coordinator is saying, Hey, I've been out of town for two weeks. So I just got this message from my manager, but there was a glitch in our system and we accidentally double booked your party with a wedding happening on Saturday. And so she basically said the original room that you had booked is now booked for a wedding at the same time. And so your options are to either move to a less favorable room or move your date and time completely, even though we've already sent out the invitations and um, told everybody to book their flights and you've booked your flight. Uh, My friend Lindsay's booked her flight. Other people have gotten babysitters which was difficult for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, but it took some people like three weeks to find a babysitter for the day. And I, (laughs) I almost had a coronary. I was like, uh, okay, no. Um, I basically, I was super not rude when I emailed back, but I was to the point and I was blunt. And I said, um, we need a meeting ASAP and I want your manager. (laughs) 
<laughs> on the line. Um, I just went full Karen, you know, that's fine. I, I think the, the situation called for a Karen moment. Um, I mean, when, when, a, when a company says, oh, sorry, we double booked, that's clearly an error in their, in their situation and their realm. So I think it warrants a little, a little bit of frustration because there's nothing you could have done to prevent it. And no. you would have, you would have done what you could have to prevent that if you knew it was, if, if it was possible. So I, I think you had the right to go quote unquote, <laughs> full Karen mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, good. I'm glad it, that was warranted in everybody's eyes. But um, long story short, this is, I keep saying that, but I, the story keeps getting longer. Um, <laughs> um, it all worked out. Uh, luckily, Darren was able to kind of talk me off the ledge a little bit. He was like, you know what? We've heard from so many people. This is just how weddings and wedding events go. Like things are going to go wrong. He's like, if there's going to be a lightning rod for our issues, He's like, I'd rather have it be the engagement party than the wedding. So he's like, you know, we we just have to be a little bit flexible. And when we went to go meet with the event coordinator and her manager, they were so apologetic and so accommodating. They gave us like, they completely waived their service fee and they gave us so much like free stuff just to make up for it. And um, they did move us to a different room on the same day, which isn't as pretty but it's still nice and they're like they're really working very hard to make up for it and I can feel I don't know like have you ever if anybody has ever dealt with an upset or dissatisfied client it's one of the most stressful things in the world to deal with and so even though I was the upset client I felt so bad the whole time for our event coordinator because I could just feel the stress coming from her of like trying to make us happy and you know it's not her fault specifically similar to your wedding dress try on appointment when um the 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 place was low staffed because of covid and unexpectedly low staffed and it's just you can't be mad it's the current climate it's out of everyone's control but you are still frustrated because you have you're you're also worried as your own event planner of other people's schedules so you guys both have a lot a lot of um reason to to feel the stress because you're not only dealing with yourselves yeah but but it's and you know in the additional um perks or maybe discount makes up i'm sure financially in this time to have it in a a slightly different venue Yeah. And you know what? All in all, when everything's said and done, I am still very happy with Old Ranch, which is where we're having the engagement party. I think that they're very professional. This is obviously something that doesn't happen often because they're just like continually apologizing and offering new things and being like, yeah, let's see what we can do to like get this there and that there and they're um like offering all the decorations that they have on you know I think usually you would have to pay for the decorations but they're like yeah use whatever you want to make the room look better and usually this room's actually more expensive but we'll give it to you at the same price and oh my gosh I almost felt bad because my dad almost like started to milk it like too much my dad was like well, I really wanted to get a free round of golf in here. <laughs> I'm just like, dad, you know, God bless him. He's trying to get as much bang for his buck as possible. But I was like, okay, like they feel bad. Okay. Like let's not 
take it. But I mean, props to him. He got a free round of golf for him and Darren. So let's go. <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. That's so funny. I know he's like, he's just funny. He's like, I, I just think it's a really great opportunity for me and my son-in-law to bond. And I'm like, okay, well, sure. That's, <laughs> I mean, Hey, he's not wrong. It, you know, it's true. They will be able to, I just felt bad. Cause I know that they were just so stressed. So, yeah. And when I got the text, it was more so like, okay, I have to really hope that this will work out. I mean, I wasn't too worried. It, w- it would have just been moved. Well, I don't know how clear you made this, but it was the engagement party Saturday. The conversation was for it to be moved to Sunday, for it to still be at the, the prime time, prime location, all that you wanted. Although that would, that would impact everyone's travel plans, etc. So I was just talking to Evan and making sure that we can both still make it work. And of course, you know, um, with me only traveling to California once in a blue moon, my sister (laughs) scheduled an event. I don't want to be specific about it, but she scheduled an event specifically because I'm going to be home to celebrate something. And um, it would have been on that same exact day. So I would have been traveling from the Orange County area, all the way to the Inland Empire in uh, Corona. Was it Temecula? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In I mean, it's Sunday, but still rush hour times of, you know, four o'clock. So I'm glad I don't have to do that because you, you were <laughs> able to just get it to a different venue on the same day. So, yeah. And that's that's the biggest thing is you know, obviously I think people could have made it work, but it just would have been such an inconvenience. We would have had to text people all over again, different date, different time. Um, and you know, that was for us at all costs. We wanted to keep it at the same date, um, at the same time. So Mm. we're happy that we were able to do that. The only thing is because the room isn't as just beautiful and open to the outdoors and like the other room that we had originally booked had like this grand patio that like looked out on the golf course and we still have a patio but it's kind of off to the side and it's much smaller and um it's just not as like grand as the other room so now the only thing is is we're gonna really have to um just step up our decorations game a lot And luckily I think old ranch is saying they're going to, you know, throw in some draping on the ceiling and stuff to make it seem less like a conference room, you know, and more Um, uh, elegant. mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the only thing now is now the, the pressure is a little bit on to really step up our decoration game. Um, so if anything, when you're here on Saturday, that day before or Friday, that day before, um, might need your help getting some decorations in order, but (laughs) absolutely. No, that's a lot of the stuff you, um, have, have been a little bit more inclusive, so it'll be fun to, to get creative and, um, and do some decor. I love it. It was, yeah, some DIY. It was all in all. It was almost tragic. I almost said tragic. that. It was almost tragic. Everyone listening is probably like, so everything <laughs> happened still on the same day, other than <laughs> two steps down the hallway. Okay. The amount of stress involved to get in those, to this point in those few tragic. hours for sure of um, until they gave you that alternative, or maybe until you you came to that conclusion, it was um, it was stressful, uh, and. 
I, I want to say, speaking of my sister, when I, when I was telling her about this, of course, because she was slightly impacted by it, not really, but um, <laughs> she was like, well, you know, they always say, as you mentioned, that this stuff happens when you're getting married. They say oh, everything goes wrong um, at the times you least expect it, don't anticipate it, don't want it to, blah, blah, blah. But she said this process for you and Darren to work through it is more more valuable than you know the wedding day itself and all of that and I I kind of pushed back I said well I mean it more so affects like me and everyone else traveling because (laughs) they live right down the street Uh, but then the the more I thought about it I was like you're right like this process of you guys having to come to the decision to accommodate everyone you love um all of these moments are really what also grows your relationship aside from the, you know, spending time with everyone the day of all of these events. Yeah, that is definitely true. It's definitely a test of our teamwork. And I think um, what I learned from this was, you know, to take a step back in these situations, it's not the end of the world. It's inconvenient. It's not what was planned and it will create some work maybe to accommodate, but all in all, it will work out. And I think that's what Darren is really good at kind of talking me, just talking me off the ledge. (laughs) And because when I first heard the news, we were obviously both upset, but Darren Mm -hmm. is really great at being like, you know what, maybe this will be better anyway. Maybe they'll really try to accommodate us and maybe we'll, you know, end up actually getting discounts and it'll be like a net positive by the end of it. And at the time I was like, oh my gosh, how could you say that? Like, this is terrible. Like, this is the absolute worst thing that could have happened. But he was able to just like talk some reason into my, you know, panic mode thinking. So um, I think that's good. And then I think I balance him out by, you know, addressing details and getting, you know, my, my panic and my sense of urgency, like definitely gets things done, but at what cost, you know, like how stressed are we going to be about it? So we balance each other out in that way, which I think is really important. Absolutely. And you don't have to be as intentional about this time because naturally you, you know, I feel like you act, you act pretty um, intentional naturally, but it's to recognize that it's a time where you guys need to really, um, (laughs) I kind of lost my train of thought because I told you I'm at uh, the cabin with Uh, Evan and his family and you know there's big windows and (laughs) his grandma and mom have come out to take a picture because I mean how goofy is this (laughs) but I lost my train of thought there so anyways always be intentional is my point that's kind of been my motto of life right now is everything that you do you know and um, make the most of it and and don't just let these moments go by without really gaining something from it yeah and that was another thing too is um something I've always said when this happened, Darren was calm about it, but he was like, you know, we need to be, we need to put our foot down and ask for what we deserve because this is, this situation is unprofessional and we deserve, you know, certain amount of discount. We deserve a and- round of golf. Yeah. I can bond <laughs> my soon to be father-in-law. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is when I, I'm before I met Darren, I was, like so non-confrontational and even if this happened I would still want to like be nice to people and just be like accommodating but 
I think he's taught me to be, you know, stand up for what I deserve. And it's okay to be Karen sometimes when the situation calls for it. So it's not, I'm not a Karen. I'm just Karen. Get it? <laughs> yeah, I can't help it if that's my middle name. I mean, geez, <laughs> in my blood. Yeah. Um, my aunt, her name is Karen. And once the wave of, 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 you know, a deranged woman acting out at public places became a thing, she changed her <laughs> Instagram handle name to not Karen. Oh my God. And she told me the funniest story. One time she was in Costco and, um, there was, there was something to do with the, the produce, the, the meat not being oh, no. good. So she <laughs> talked, she talked to one of the employees and she, um, was frustrated by it. I remember whatever it was, it was a valid reason to be frustrated and express your concern. And, um, the employee had no idea how to address it. So she said, I'm going to go get my manager. Can I have your name? And she literally, I don't remember if she like made up a name or oh my she, God. <laughs> under her breath said, Karen, <laughs> because like you think about it, women named Karen have been really affected by this movement of calling yeah. out people and labeling them all as one name. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I was named after my grandma. Luckily, she's the least Karen Karen I've ever met. She does not my aunt. Yeah, she's not one to kick up a fuss. So that's good. But <laughs> luckily, too, I think she's in the generation that's not really aware of that movement at the moment. But <laughs> You know, it's just like, it's just funny to me if we, cause I was named after her. So I, I have to tell people it's my grandmother's name. Okay. Like don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't make a big fuss about it. Yeah. <laughs> because some people think it's just the funniest thing that my middle name is Karen, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do off topic? But did you get a chance to see Elvis? No, I want to though. So bad. Was it good? Oh man. It, it was great. I, I would say like the top three reasons why I think it's great is one, the cinematography, apparently this director or producer, I I forget what, what it's called, but is known for his visual elements. So how many visual elements we got in the span of one minute? I mean, I'm in, I'm in kind of the, the TV space in terms of editing and editing together stories and video. And you always want to implement as many visual components as you can. But at the same time, you don't want to overload the audience. You also need everything to be intentional and make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can really appreciate when in the span of 30 seconds, you get 50 different angles and 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 um, to really set the scene. So anyways, I, I appreciated that. I thought Austin Butler, the main actor, I thought he was really perfect for the role he oh good he had a great voice he had a great um he had a great like he just fit elvis in all of the different time periods that they brought us through did he actually sing elvis songs like austin butler actually sang okay so there's been a little bit of push and pull with that he says yes and when he was on jimmy fallon and on the press tour you know, everyone's praising him because he sang. But then I had a co-worker do some further research. And they said they would, at most parts of the song, 
um, and more so in the the later decades, the later time period of Elvis's um, life showcase in the movie, they would, I think, for some of the 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 parts where Elvis belted out like his voice, they would put Elvis's voice mm. in place of Austin, and then Austin would sing maybe the beginning, you know, different parts of it. They wouldn't combine them though to make some some different version of Elvis to my knowledge um similar to okay. Zac Efron in High School Musical like remember when Drew Seeley would sing parts of songs but then yeah then Troy would still uh Zac Efron would still have the parts where it was clearly his voice so mm-hmm. I don't know it, it all sounded perfect like I don't really I, I think it's commendable for Austin to be able to sing but really it all came together so well however they did it was great and then What's the third thing I love the most? Oh, how much I learned. But funny story. And if my dad listens to this, he might get defensive because he really didn't mean to. So I was on the phone with my dad on my way home, ready to go. Like Evan and I already had our tickets um, bought to go see the movie. And my dad uh, and I are talking for a while. And then he goes, oh, by the way, have you been to the movies? And I said, Interestingly enough, Evan and I have tickets to go see Elvis tonight. And he was like, oh, it was just phenomenal. Like my dad had very high praise of it. The word riveting was used um, in his way of describing it. Like he was just so empowered by it. And he actually um, had travel plans to go fly to Washington, D.C. and change his travel plans to now drive through texas where the jfk memorial site is excuse me if i if i'm butchering that uh something to commemorate jfk because it was elvis's time was during the time of when mlk and jfk were both Mm -hmm. um assassinated and then he's going to drive through tennessee uh which is where i I keep forgetting the name of it graceland i believe that's in tennessee graceland yeah and then go up to Washington, D.C. So I, I explained that just to, to show how empowered and moved by the movie he was. So anyways, uh, we're on the phone and he just starts telling me his thoughts on it. Then he brings me through Elvis's entire life story. And I'm thinking <laughs> like, oh, wow, like this is probably pretty good context for the movie. I I'm interested in this, but I'm some of the details I'm like, how would you have known that if you're telling me a play-by-play of this movie right now, I'm going to be frustrated, but no, I'll just keep my mouth shut and enjoy. Oh no. Because I, you know, he probably already had committed mentally to telling me uh, about the movie, not anticipating that I was about to see it that night, you know? So anyways, um, you know, we get off the phone, go to the movies literally every five minutes I'm like I was already told this on the phone because my dad told me and then another five (laughs) minutes would go by and then the big moments happened that were like really uh, significant in Elvis's life that they showcased that I would have never known aside from this movie and my dad telling me so I'm looking over oh my god speaking at Evan I was like my dad literally told me everything that's happened oh my god so of course i it's all in good fun i don't mind i would have probably been a little bit more um you know emotional and like shocked 
by a lot of the events had I not been briefed on them. So I, I, <laughs> I passive aggressively texted my dad. Um, Elvis was great in our family group chat. Elvis was great. Um, even though dad spoiled it all for me, uh, on the phone before and <laughs> he was a little defensive. He was like, I just tried to provide historical context. And, oh my like, God. <laughs> and he said, and I did say, see it twice. So anyways, um, he, he spoiled it regardless of what he said, but it, oh, again, no. again, you can't really say someone spoils a movie that's based on mostly true events that have already happened, you know? Yeah. So but if you said like there are things, you know, little known facts that you learn in the movie, you know, and then you want to learn it from the movie. Darren is so big on no spoilers. So my dad, oh, is any, also- any Marvel like guy, I feel like is big on that because they have so many, they have so many shows and movies that can't be spoiled for them. Yeah. Like, like Evan will stay off of social media for a week if he can't watch something in time. So anyways. Yep. I Makes know. Sense. And my dad, my dad is like the same way actually. And he, he gets like really excited about certain shows or movies. And then he tells us, you guys should watch it. This happens and this happens. And then this happens. And so then this he'll happens. do it, but he can't. <laughs> well, and then Darren is like, wow, I feel like I don't even need to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he just walked me through it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was really hopeful every, it was like a 50 minute conversation. Um, and I, I kept thinking like, man, he's, these are like very impactful moments. I can't imagine they're not going to walk us through, but my dad would also give such a detail that was clearly like show, like show business way of telling the story. So, oh, it was just unreal. But um, <laughs> the last thing on Elvis, if you have nothing else, it's a nearly three hour movie so don't go after a long work day don't go (laughs) at 10 o'clock at night go when you are physically emotionally and mentally ready for a three-hour movie there's a lot of long movies that you know I've seen this one was different this one was like oh like I I need I need um I I needed to not have just got off of the eight hour work shift before coming oh, yeah. here. <laughs> oh yeah, that doesn't sound like when I'm done with work, I just want to like veg and watch something easy that doesn't require a lot of like work and emotional effort. Um, so that's good to know. I did not know that it was three hours. That's very long. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's that's like Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. Like that's another level. It's, I think it's exactly 240, but it feels like three and a half hours. And it was so great. It wasn't like it was dra- dragging on at all, but it's a long movie. Oh, man. Well, good to know. That's, and I am encouraged by your review. I wanted to see it and I still do. Um, but I was a little wary of Austin Butler just because he's so Disney Channel to me. I don't um, know if I mentioned that, but. When I brought up Austin Butler and how great his performance was, I was more so from my perspective talking about it was so easy to disassociate him from being Vanessa Hutchins' boyfriend, from Carrie Diaries, from whatever else he's been in. Like he was so different. Um, you you don't you don't oh, you don't connect the two at all. I was worried about that. My dad hadn't 
known of Austin Butler before I knew of Austin Butler and he's a teenage heartthrob. Yeah. So I was, I was like, it's going to feel a little cheesy maybe, but no. Okay, good. And good for him to be able to, you know, be so dynamic and create a whole new character for himself because he did kind of always play that same teenage blonde heartthrob character and everything else. (laughs) And when it comes to Elvis, if there's one um, artist, if there's one like historical figure that has uh, had like an everlasting career, it's Elvis because of how many impersonators there are, how many Elvis attractions there are. So (laughs) for him to get the, the praise he's getting, I think says a lot in my eyes because the people on the YouTube comments, the people on social media, you know, I imagine a handful of those, a decent amount are, you know, major fans of Elvis because, you know, I have coworkers that are and have, have, uh, have spoken to how great it is. But also think of the people that have dedicated their lives to impersonating Elvis and living him, breathing him and being the most believable version of themselves in, you know, in, in, in the point. way of Elvis. So I also think about how many people on this planet think that they could have played a better Elvis and <laughs> couldn't have, but I can see why you can believe that if your life has been dedicated to that. Yeah. Um, but if, if he's still getting very high praise considering how um, people really take in Elvis as their own because of his uh, significance, it's, it's impressive. They really um, highlight a lot of a lot of interesting things like that time period. So you'll see segregation, you'll see the cool. the racial divide, and then you'll also see, you know, other big uh, moments that had happened while he was at that time uh, uh, famous and 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 performing. So, anyways, we can move on from that. But it has sparked a lot of conversation if you do get a chance to see it, and it's one of those movies you can talk about for hours because. It's a two and a two hour and forty minute movie that you can dissect <laughs> a bunch of stuff from, and you well, know figure out what was accurate, what's not, you know, things. Yeah. Like that. Well, um, your endorsement of it has convinced me. I'm definitely going to go watch it. I was already convinced, but I'm even more convinced now. So, well, we are going to change the conversation over now to something far more serious. Um, you know, we have to shift the tone because it's important despite it being our holiday episode. And um, that's something that we've, we've really begun to do with this podcast is talk about things that are relevant to not only us two as young um, professional women, but just as uh, people of this country. And also a part of our mission statement when we, when we built this podcast was how can we be productive citizens? And I think a a big part in that is talking about things that are indeed important and um, require attention. So obviously to everyone listening, we know by now that the landmark decision that was, you know, founded in 1973, the right to uh, choose to have an abortion has been overturned. It's been struck down. And that is no longer a constitutional right. Is that a fair way of describing it, Sophie? 
I think so. Yeah. We, we looked a little further into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people are, I don't want to say misinformed. I don't think that's the right word, but I do think that it's um, it's hard to sum up in an easy, you know, uh, uh, what's the word in an easy, like, um, concise way to sum up something that's so deep or that has so much depth into a few words that's probably more so how things get misinterpreted as a as opposed to being misinformed yeah but essentially i mean you i think what you said was pretty much right what we looked up specifically because darren and i were we were talking about it we were even confused we were like is there actually an amendment that specifically says you know like oh you have the right to get an abortion and really that's not what it is it's i believe it's the 14th amendment and our right reasonable right to privacy mm-hmm. and how that amendment applies specifically to a woman's right to get an abortion gotcha so, so similar um, to freedom of speech that's the second amendment but it applies to a million different uh different things in our our day-to-days and court cases all of that yeah so really roe v wade was more of a um it was a precedent sent uh set in that time for women um in regards to um, abortions and the right to choose and the right to have privacy to that decision as well um so that being overturned now puts that right to privacy in the hands of the states. It's no longer uh, a constitutional right. And so we will see states deciding based off of obviously, I'm, you know, it'll be put to a, vo- a vote and uh, every state will legislate as its constituency sees fit. So um, I am, <laughs> that's the other thing. This podcast is not meant to, you know, inflict our views on other people and to be super political. I don't think that that's what we're here for, but I do think it's important to talk about it and it's important to inform. Um, So without getting too political, that is what's going to happen. It's going to cause a lot of um, just uproar. I think, I I think over the next couple months, we're going to see a lot already has, but yeah, even more. So once the Mm -hmm. States really start voting, um, I think it's uh, it's going to be a bit chaotic. Um, Absolutely, less less for where we live, Minnesota and California. Uh, California, you will probably see more demonstrations, but yeah, there are a lot of neighboring states that that will that have different viewpoints that see things differently in terms of their leadership. Yeah, and you know, again, not getting too political, I think that what I've kind of learned from all this, because I've spoken to a lot of different people about this issue. I've spoken to people who are very much on the right, people who are very much on the left, people who are in the middle, um, men, women, everybody. I think what everybody though can agree on, which I think is saying something (laughs) because Mm -hmm. this is such a controversial issue. I think the one thing that I have heard from everybody in talking about this issue is that it's so complex and it is so there are so many different factors on both sides um that there really isn't a good like one good single solitary answer that satisfies everybody like it's such 
it's not something that will ever have a perfect answer. I don't think. Um, and as unfortunate as that sounds, I just think sometimes in our lives, you know, certain things just, there's not a good answer for certain things. And I, I am not sure what the right answer is. I'm not sure how we should proceed from here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but I do think everyone is equally kind of at a loss right now. Yeah. Yep. And, and, um, everyone's affected so differently that for some people, it can be hard to hear that there is a different side of, of how this can be looked at legally, I guess. But, but regardless, um, the way that I've lived my life is to be empathetic and understanding to everyone. It doesn't matter who it is, what the issue is. Um, you have to have em- empathy for others in order to, in my opinion, be a productive citizen, a, a, a human being that is, um, you know, that is reasonable. So I think the best way that we can go about this conversation is to maybe bring up some questions that upon learning of this news, be, upon this being officially overturned, we already knew that it was essentially coming when the the documents were were leaked essentially saying what ended up coming about um what questions you know came to our mind and i had questions they were pretty easy easily answered (laughs) but i had things come to mind uh and also sophie if you have different things that pop into your head that you want to um share you, you obviously don't have to go according to this specific specific thing but we are obviously coming at it from a perspective of of two mid 20 year old women Mm -hmm. that we've already talked about our backgrounds plenty on the show we talk plenty about where we are currently at in our lives so none of it should um come to too big of a surprise it's impossible for us to understand (laughs) every perspective and to speak on behalf of every perspective we're all different humans but this podcast isn't going to change anything in particular. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, before, you know, we get into that, I, I do want to say that that um, perspective that I expressed just before you said your part, I, that took a lot for me to come to that. I just will say like when I first was aware of the news. I mean, like you said, it had been coming for a while, but when I first became aware of the actual Roe v. Wade being overturned, there was a lot of emotions. And I feel like, as you mentioned, empathy played a big part in trying to get myself back to like a reasonable place. You know what I mean? So um, that, that perspective that I expressed initially is something that took a lot of work and empathy and I didn't just happen to arrive there very easily. It's something that requires empathy on both sides and understanding um, on both sides. And I think that that it's hard to have those conversations when you feel strongly about one way. So that exactly. um, And that I do think I wish there was more of that you know, um, in our country, especially now, um, I think it's something that's really missing empathy Mm -hmm. and, um, open-mindedness. I think that that's 
we can use a healthy dose of that mm-hmm. <laughs> here, but unfortunately, you know, times are, are going to be as they are, but, um, mm-hmm. questions for me that arose initially, you know, a lot of it was diving into it and learning, like, what does this mean? What did it originally mean? How does this affect, you know, day-to-day lives, like realistically, you know, how will this impact, um, women moving forward and even men. Um, and a lot of those were answered, you know, we did look into what the constitutional rights protected, which was the right to privacy. We looked at how people, how the states were going to proceed from here on out and learned that every state was going to vote on it, um, individually. Um, so those were kind of the big ones for me. I mean, which one, what were the big ones for you? Um, three major things came to mind uh one and this is a tad bit personal but one was okay then sarcastically of course asking myself okay then if the right to an abortion is no longer a right and in fact illegal to where you can be um charged with murder what does this mean for birth control? Because as far as I am aware, and I have done extensive research, I've had countless expensive conversations with my OBGYN, um, what birth control options are are available, what contraception is available that won't impact me significantly um, to a level to where I don't recognize myself. You know, I um, my sister had a form of birth control that she realized two years later she was depressed. I hear that so often. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. just that that for me, I know nothing's going to change in that department because there's only what six <laughs> there's six like well-known birth control options that uh, all have major flaws in how they impact a woman, a woman. It's not everyone, but I already know for me, because I know my body, how significant I would be impacted by uh, certain forms of birth control. So that's a major concern that I had in a question mark, like, okay, are we ever going to get to a place where we don't have to feel like we aren't ourselves um, Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. get to a place where we can safely protect and so forth. So that was what I probably could have worded that better, but that's, I mean, uh, that's, that's really where I come from. I already had frustration towards that department before this. Now the risk is so much higher. You know, what, what does that look like? Um, and that's not implying how I view the situation at all. That's just simply, you know, what are the, what, what tools are we going to have in order to prevent Two, Yeah. Um, I thought, as simple as this uh, I the words that came to mind were religion and politics question mark (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know that's that's a uh, a conversation that I'm not that has a lot of complexity and uh, but it it raised that question hmm is is this is really what as you know a country we're not supposed to do with with our our um our law. So anything motivated related to religion. So that, that raised a little bit of a question to me of what that meant. And then Mm -hmm. three, how could we be okay with how this is going to impact 
people that are less fortunate, that are poor, that live yeah. paycheck to paycheck, rising gas prices. That really doesn't impact people that um, it, it might take off one of the six vacations you're going to take that year. Uh, but it doesn't impact like middle class, you know, people that that make a, a decent wage. But it gas prices significantly impact those that rely on DoorDash to um, feed their themselves, their families, pay their rent, you know, things like that, that they don't have the option to uh, a car that has uh, better gas mileage, a hybrid like you have the car that you have. And that's that. And typically the cars that are are less advanced you know, drain gas like crazy. That's just an example to how um, these these issues affect people that don't have room for this type of impact. So what will that look like for people that one can't afford to travel if they get in that situation? Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of components to affordability to what what things how things currently stand. But those are three an immediate things that were like uh oh the first one obviously was directly related to me and how that made me feel the second one a little bit more broad and then obviously the last one being empathetic to others how is this going to impact everyone else yeah and you know as you as you kind of go through your thought process it reminds me of a couple other questions that I actually had um at the time um Mm -hmm. two in particular the first well, I guess this will be the the third for me since I had the first question about uh, what our actual constitutional right is and then how it's going to affect uh, people state by state. The third question I had was, all right, similarly to you, the issue with uh, the tools we're going to have and the contraceptives that will be available to the public. My big question was, all right, like this is some, in some states, abortion will no longer be legal that's just going to happen. That's just a reality. And if that is the case in those states, what is going to be done about sex education as well? When Mm -hmm. I was watching Teen Mom and like 16 and Pregnant, a lot of the, the girls that were on that show, they were interviewed and they said, you know, I was never really taught, like we were taught the bare minimum of what it takes to make a baby what my sexual health looks like, what my own anatomy looks like, what a man's anatomy looks like. It was very like high level, bare minimum, like actual education about preventing pregnancy was so minimal. It was kind of like, just don't talk about it. And hopefully nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. To me, I don't think that's the answer. I think knowledge is power. And I think that in the states that do decide that abortion is going to be illegal, what will be done to educate and empower, especially women, to understand their anatomy, to understand, you know, pregnancy prevention, and hopefully move forward with that knowledge to, you know, it's still not perfect. Mm -hmm. It's still not a perfect answer, but at least, you know, that's something. And I, I would hope that that responsibility and that, um, that knowledge will be given to people in those states. But I, you know, I don't know if that'll happen, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, <laughs> but it is, the it other... is in... go ahead, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say the last question I had though, um, is once I started really thinking about it, I guess it's less of a question and more of just like a realization. Um, the problem with this that I also find is it's, it's 
will disproportionately affect women versus men. Um, it's a woman's issue. And that to me is where the problem really lies is, you know, it takes two people to create a child as we know. Um, but really only one person is deeply affected, um, by the existence of that child. Uh, women have to, sacrifice their bodies. They have to push their career back nine months. They have to give birth. If they're going to give it up for adoption, that's their choice, which is incredibly difficult. Or if they choose to keep the child, then that's also uh, signing up for at least 18 years of responsibility. Um, And, you know, it's just a fact that men aren't, you know, they're, they don't have to sacrifice their bodies. They don't have to give birth. Um, and, and so even, that's even that's significant, but it's also like the best case scenario for most people, because that, that, that focuses on the, the, who are directly impacted, but also considering in different scenarios, environment, um, upbringing, <laughs> like there, mm-hmm. there are so many complicated factors that, that, you alluded to at the start, Sophie, that show it's hard to have a blanket, a blanket view on it and have a blanket rule for everyone to follow because of how, how differently it impacts everyone. So I think the, the way that I am going about um, this conversation in my own life is just to stay educated, to make sure I have my bases covered and know Mm -hmm. what, what I need to do. Um, and, and I guess, you know, continue to have a listening ear because people raise, as you've experienced, Sophie, people raise concerns that aren't going to directly align with you. And though those may be valid concerns related to the issue, they don't negate the other issues that other people have. So um, yeah, I think one for me being educated to make sure I have my bases covered and then two to also uh, listen and hear different perspectives because I don't want to be uh, I it's very healing for me to be able to understand the other perspective. And when these drafts got leaked, you know, weeks and weeks ago, all I was doing was looking at the perspective and trying to research from the other side. And I really struggled (laughs) to to agree, but it was, it was helpful because if you can see where someone else is coming from, it doesn't feel maybe as evil as it might feel or, and evil might not be the right word in, you know, different scenarios. So just to understand other people's perspective uh, emotionally for me is the most uh, comforting. Yeah. I would definitely, if you don't get what, why things are happening it's just like how can everyone feel this way when it's just you know it's it's pretty crazy but um yeah I totally agree I think understanding you know intentions are huge like understanding what the intention of the other side is I think is Mm -hmm. is where connections can kind of be made whether or not you have those same intentions in your own heart I think it's it humanizes people, you know, it humanizes the other side that, okay, they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to, you know, work towards X, Y, Z mission. Um, and so, you know, I, I understand it. I don't know if I agree with that. I understand it though. And I think that that's a key 
a key bridge that needs to be made. And I think it's one that our, you know, when our country was first founded that our founding fathers imagined, I think they imagined that in a democratic society, we would have forums where people go back and forth and understand one another and ultimately come to a mutual decision. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of gotten lost over the years. But one thing I do want to say to add on to your point of how we can move forward and be productive citizens. um, I think a third thing that's huge and maybe obvious, but um, voting, I think. Oh, I was about to say, I was going to end on that too. So let's end on this huge, huge point. Vote. Yes. You You have a say. Mm-hmm. at some level. Mm-hmm. November. Yep. yep. Voting is huge. And you know, our generation Locally. specifically doesn't have the best track record. So nope. I, we got to step that up. Actually, that gives me hope that this will, you know, inspire our generation to, to start voting and to start voting and having a say on the issues that really, really matter to us. Local issues, state issues, federal, like we can vote on all of those things. So <laughs> Uh, definitely educate yourself. And luckily being in the news world, I'm well aware of when those um, when those uh, opportunities come available, when it's time to vote, when polls are open. So educate yourself and, and vote. Yes, yeah. 100% agree. <laughs> well, I unfortunately have to cut the conversation short because not only is my computer dying from being out in the wilderness, but it's <laughs> my last day of vacation. So yes, go enjoy wants to enjoy their day. Um, Thank you for spending part of the day with us. And thanks for listening to having to, uh, you know, a difficult conversation, but a a valuable one. And I think Sophie and I could have talked for two, three, four hours on that topic. But um, that was a good way to kind of uh, touch on it and, and just people to learn where our perspectives are at in that conversation. And um, it's been an awesome episode. And I'm that lake is calling me right behind me. Yeah, go jump in it. Happy 4th, everyone. Stay safe. Happy 4th. Stay safe. See you guys next time. (laughs) 